0: Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. Uh, good
1: morning, Living Stones, and welcome. I don't think we have any guests here that I don't recognise, but welcome to everybody who's joining us on the podcast. And... Um, I want to start with a story, actually. I haven't run this past Kaz, so let's see how this goes. Um, but this this week, um, I was very privileged to go to Amsterdam for a couple of days uh, to see a football match that most people will not care about, but meant quite a lot to me. But I went I went on my own. Um, normally, I go to football with Olivia, sometimes with Tay, and and even sometimes with Sean. They've <laughs> been together as well. Um, but for this one, I couldn't get a ticket for anybody else. I could only go myself, and um, that's not always the best. Like Sometimes when I've travelled for work, you go out in the evening, and you think, oh, yeah, this will be quite good. I'll have a meal and have a drink and maybe read my book. And then about half past seven, you're like, oh, man, there's nothing to do. No one's talking to me. I'm just going to go back to my room and do some work, which uh, is not the most fun thing. But I did know I did know that I had 6,000 other Brighton fans out there with me. I just didn't know who they were. And like people in the Netherlands, the you know, Netherlands is quite similar to the UK. Everyone... Yeah, I was looking around, thinking, who, "Who are they? Do I know them?" And then they would speak like Dutch, which I couldn't understand. I was like, oh no, I'm not gonna, not gonna talk to them. <laughs> um, and it, I was, I was walking around and wondering about. And actually, what was surprising when I was out there was just how um, obvious the Sussex accent becomes when you're not in Sussex. And I was walking around and I was eating in restaurants and had a, had a couple of drinks in bars and overhearing people talking. I was like, very clearly, I was like, "Yes, they are." They are definitely from Sussex. And some of them I got talking to and enjoyed their company. Other people, it was just kind of nice to be sat knowing that there were people who had some kind of shared interest, some kind of shared heritage. And it made me feel quite quite secure. Like I quite enjoyed their company, even though I wasn't, I wasn't talking to them. And it made me think, like, that can be quite similar to our Christian lives in some ways. And I know that I've been in situations where, like at work, for example, I'm thinking, like, Is that person a Christian? I don't know. And then I think, should I ask? Well, if I do ask, and then they're not, and then that might be awkward, and then what's going to happen? And I think it it reminded me of uh, Hebrews 11, like being strangers and exiles on the earth. And I was thinking, yeah, it can feel like that, right? We don't know who... We all look broadly similar, but you can't quite tell who's who. Um, And so... Decide. well, I've decided to try and be very much more on the lookout for signs, listening more to what people are saying, watching how they're acting, and trying to do it more myself as well, trying to use language, behave in a way, have conversations that people can hear that do invoke the name of Jesus, that do give a very clear expression, I suppose, of of my faith and who I believe. And I, I think it might start a conversation. It might be an opportunity to talk to someone new about the Lord. It might be an opportunity to to comfort someone, to reassure someone. But more than that, actually, it's the bit that we don't know and it's the bit where you could be sitting in a restaurant and there could be someone else who has a faith and they might be struggling with something or whatever. If they hear you on the next table, even if you don't have a conversation, I think it's reassuring to know that there are others out there who know the Lord like we know the Lord. And actually, that in itself can be a comfort. So even if we don't have a conversation we can be out there and speaking, invoking his name, living an authentic Christian life. And that can be an encouragement to people, even if we don't actually get to speak to them ourselves. Uh, So I'm going to pray now, and then I'll ask uh, Claire and Jess to come up and lead us in worship. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that on this day we join with hundreds hundreds of millions, if not billions of people around the world uh, sharing your name sharing the gospel being in the spirit and lord i pray as we come together today we'll encourage each other we'll restore each other we'll inspire each other um but lord it will all come through you there's nothing that we ourselves as mere humans can do to do that It need to be spirit-filled words that leave our lips so lord would you bless our time together this morning in jesus name amen And I'll pass over to Claire and Jess.
2: Okay, morning, everyone. I I was just thinking. uh, I've been thinking just a a little bit about the name of the Lord, and um, I don't know. There are about there are over sixty odd names for God in the Bible, in different ways. It's amazing. And um, you know, what what does a name mean? And for the ancient people. To know someone was to know their name you knew their character and um this there's, there's so much in the bible that when we the names that are used for god show his character uh, and just the one from proverbs that, that i often cling to is that one the name of the lord is a high tower those are uh, you know you run to it when you are in need and so so that name is something that is strong um that There are lots and lots of names. And, what, you know, after we sung the first song, I just want you to sort of think of names of the Lord that have meant something to you, to pray them out. You know, he's king of kings, lord of lords. Uh, he's our comforter. There's so many words. And so he has been so much to each one of us and still is to us. Uh, we need him every day. We need that name. And also he's put a new name on us. He's given us a new name gave a new name to Peter. You know, Peter, sometimes I think of him as Peter the idiot because of the stupid things he did, but he did some courageous and amazing things. And so, you know, um, giving him a new name gave him a new hope. And, uh, we have got God's name, It got our names are on, on the palm of God's hands. And so our names are important to him as well. So we are important and he knows us more than we know him, which is, So let us stand and then afterwards, just pray out some of the name. (laughs) Oh, Lord, thank you. Your kingdom will not pass away, Lord. Thank you for your name, Lord, that you are that strong tower. And we just think of the world today they need a strong tower, Lord. They need a place to run and get shelter, Lord. And Your name is our strong tower. Praise you, Lord. Yes, Lord, I thank you for that, that picture of at your name, um, the mountains shaking and crumbling. Even nature obeys your name, Lord. The storm, Lord, as you walked upon the water, Lord. Uh, nature was nothing to you. It was as if it was all part of normal life, Lord. And we just thank you. You, despite what we see in the world and uh, you're thinking about uh, global warming and the rest of it, Lord, we just thank you that uh, you are in control.
1: As we come to the second Sunday in November every year, we take a short period of time to remember the people who who aren't here, um, people who've fallen in defense of the country, also more importantly, in the pursuit of peace. And it feels particularly pointed this year with everything that's going on the world feeling, as Martin said a few weeks ago, like we've reached an extremely tense and difficult moment. I also think in our country, we've, there's been a lot of noise around remembrance this year, and I'm sure many people are aware of what was happening in London yesterday. And quite frankly, to me, a lot of that feels like noise, and I think we need to cut through that noise and I think we have to remember that there were so many everyday blokes, everyday women who fought for the peace and the privilege that we've got today and that we've had for so many years and that feel so under threat today. So as we join as Living Stones uh, with people up and down the country, let's just take some time to remember those, those everyday people who who laid down their lives for the life that we get to live today um, and in pursuit of a more peaceful world. war is cruel war separates people separates families Lord, we want to be people of peace we want to be the poppies that are, that are sprouting through Jesus you came as the prince of peace to show us what what peace looks like and Father as we remember those who've gone before us normal, normal guys normal women street sweepers miners bus drivers whatever who got given their kit, a few weeks' training and sent away. But we pray blessing on their souls. And Heavenly Father, help us to learn the lessons. Help us to be advocates for peace in our country, between peoples. Help us to be advocates of peace globally as well. Lord, we want to live in the world as you intended it, not in the world as humans have made it. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Good morning everyone, Uh, this is family time section, anyone not been here ever before? No? You all know then. Right, uh, so we've been doing food in the Bible, Uh, we've looked at, oh my mind's gone completely blank, bread, uh, salt, that was one, any others you can remember, did we look at wine? Okay, we've done wine. I don't know if I was here for that one. I don't remember that one. Um, pigeons? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure there were pigeons. Uh, oh, I did, okay. Um, well, today, um, it's herbs. So, um, And I was sort of thinking, oh, herbs, where do they appear in the Bible? Um, they appear somewhere very can actually, uh, but before uh, we go into the herbs in the Bible, um, uh, I thought it would be quite fun to actually uh, test some of your knowledge on herbs. Um, anyone know any names of, of any herbs? Do you know any herbs, Tay? Mint, yeah, mint is a herb. Any other herbs you know? Shout it out, Jess. You don't have one. So we're actually on hyssop. Oh, d- don't go there. Hyssop. We, I don't have any hyssop. Parsley is a herb. Yeah, good, good. Basil is a herb. Thyme, sage, oregano. That's it. We're getting there. Dill, rosemary, sage, parsley. Da, 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 da. Okay, so um, does does anyone think that actually they know herbs quite well and they think they could, I mean, some basic well-known herbs, they think that blindfold in a taste test they could possibly identify one or two. Anyone think they could? You could smell it rather than taste Do you think smell it rather than taste it? You could, I bought ones that you can eat, though. anyone reckon they'll be up for that I think it needs to be an adult I need a volunteer basically or I'm going to choose someone Shannon I don't reckon you'll know them Mary come on then Mary yes <coughs> right okay um, can I have a uh, uh, an Ellie's little helper then someone come and help me open them and yeah okay and and okay so can you hold the microphone for me Jess open that one up and give her a, a, and okay, so waft it under her nose so she can smell it and see if she can get it from the smell. It's under your nose now, Mary. Can you smell that? Okay, hold on. So, uh, if I put s- there's a very small leaf of it in your hand. There, you can you can eat. It's edible. You can eat it. Is it parsley, Jess? Yeah. Yes. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Right, next one, should we do that one? (laughs) Okay, so grab a leaf of that. Mary, hold your hand out, there you go. It's coming. Again, you can eat it. Is it Basil? Yes, straight away, well done Mary. Jess says it smells like an Italian restaurant. You're right. Basil, basil and tomato go together really well, and the, and pomodoro mozzarella. Yeah, that's with basil as well. They always put basil in, right? Let's go with that one. This is a bit harder. This one, Mary. I don't know if you'll get it. <laughs> and I'm also not sure if you can actually eat this, or whether you just can you? Okay, you can. Apparently, you can eat it, but the texture's not quite the same. Yes! Well done. I don't even know. Smell it. Shall you taste it. It goes with fish. That's why I don't know it because I don't eat fish. You can keep it. Does any of the other children want to have a go? At it, see if they if, see what it smells like, tastes like. You want to try some herbs? Oh, I've got one more, but this one's a super easy one. Oh, you're going to do, you can, oh yeah, no, uh, um, try this one, you'll know this one. This one's a bit harder as well. Just give her the whole, there you go, there's the whole stalk, you can smell it. She got it straight away. Mint. Well done, Amelia. Do you want to try a little bit? No, she doesn't. Yeah, you can smell. The basil's nice to eat. Okay, it's a bit like sort of a funny tasting lettuce. It's nice. Yeah. Okay, there's one more. Does anyone want to try and guess the last one? Come on then, Shannon, you can try. It's a hard one, though. I can give you a clue. This one they put on pizzas, so it might smell a bit like your pizza would smell you might have to take your glasses off shannon for me to blow or you could just close your eyes i'll trust you just you close your eyes we'll give you a bit of this put your hand out and this one again i think you can put it in of furry now you got smell that shannon do you recognize it at all it's not basil it's not basil it's oregano. Have you heard of oregano? No, I didn't think you would know it. Well done, though. Good try. Do you want to try to smell the oregano? I was hoping Johnny would be here because he would have got them all, wouldn't he? So, um,. That were, I mean, that was just a sort of a, a, an example of uh, herbs. They have a real distinctive. Every single one, don't they? Have a, has a distinctive smell, a distinctive taste, um, and if you've been cooking with herbs and you know, uh, uh, you know all your life, you do. You recognise them straight away, instantly. Mary was very quick, and I was impressed with getting the deal as well. Um, so herbs in the Bible. Now, actually, um, they're quite significant, and in. Um, uh m- mainly they're significant in the story of the passover so Back when the Egyptians were all slaves in Egypt, um, and uh, Moses was sort of wanting to rescue his people, and uh, but Pharaoh wouldn't let them go. And they said he sent the ten, God sent the ten plagues of Egypt, and the final plague was the one where the firstborn sons were going to be killed. But Pharaoh still, even though he had seen all those other miracles, those other plagues happening, he still said no. And he sentenced his firstborns of the whole of his nation to death with his stubborn, greedy, selfish refusal. And uh, so, but God was going to rescue the Israelite baby boys. And he did that by asking them to sacrifice a lamb instead of. the firstborn son, and they uh, had to cook and eat that lamb-specific kind of instructions. So it says in Exodus 12, verse 8, uh, that same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Probably a type of uh, lettuce and horseradish and parsley. Bitter herbs were to be cooked with the lamb that had been killed. Um, bitter herbs are eaten every Passover since, and that's because it's a, its they. Bitter herbs have become a symbol of suffering, um, and. The slaves in Israel were suffering terribly under the, the, the tyrant Pharaoh. Um, and, the, uh, and God asked them to cook that bitterness, that suffering, within the lamb that was slain. It's something I hadn't even noticed before until doing this talk. So, uh, so our suffering kind of like um, our suffering is there with the lamb that was slain and obviously we know that the lamb the real lamb that was slain is jesus and interestingly there is another herbal link to jesus death on the cross the other herb that's mentioned in the passover is does anyone is anyone clever Hyssop. So you did mention it before. Uh, And what did they do with the hyssop? What did they use the hyssop for? Exactly. So they had to take a bunch of hyssop. Now, um, hyssop leaves and flowers taste a lot like mint, um, but they've got a more floral character, so sort of flowery mint um, and a pleasant bitterness. Uh, Like lavender, hyssop evokes spring meadows and may turn off cooks by its aromatic resemblance to freshly laundered towels, apparently. (laughs) But it's been used also historically for treating coughs, earache, asthma and bloating, and now scientific research has helped to show that these... uh, Yeah, it works because it's got got antioxidants and anti-inflammatory ingredients in it um, and has also been proved to help prevent uh, stomach ulcers, so it's good for your stomach. So there we go. Hyssop is a good herb. It tastes nice. You can use it in cooking, but it also has um, healing properties. Now, it says, so in Exodus, yes, it says, take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. So the blood of the lamb was on the hyssop, and it went round the doorposts. Why did God say hyssop? I actually couldn't find an answer to that. Why hyssop and not mint or basil? <laughs> Don't know. Don't actually know why hyssop. But it didn't. It doesn't really matter what herb it was. It was symbolic. And John spotted it. John, uh, the, the, the four gospel writers all talk <laughs> about how when Jesus was on the cross, he said he was thirsty. And they put a sponge on a stick and gave it to Jesus with some um, wine vinegar on it for him to drink. Uh, All of the three other Gospels just say a branch or a twig. John says, Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, And lifted it to Jesus' lips. I never knew that. I never knew that hyssop, which was used to sprinkle the blood around the doorposts, was so symbolic. How did I not, how have I not, you're all nodding as if you all knew this. (laughs) Yes, and the vinegar is, the wine vinegar is bitter and blood, and it was red, would have been red as well, was this red wine vinegar. So, um, absolutely linking back to the Passover lamb, um, just in a very simple way that John spotted. Um, So uh, God knew what he was doing with his Holy Spirit, just like, use use hyssop, he said to the guards. Look, there's there's a bush of hyssop there. And this Roman soldier had no idea the symbolism of what he was doing. Um, But but God did. So there we go. Amazing. God's plan for us. Uh, weaving throughout the Bible and using herbs to do it, so there we go thank you let 's pray, dear heavenly Father. I just thank you, I thank you that um that you well like I said last week with my brother in law um seeing the number thirteen for uh, some reason um you you do that in the Bible, you throw in these little um, all the way through, little clues, little hints that you are at work and that it's your plan in action. And the and the, the people doing it don't even know that they are fulfilling your plan. Um, and I just thank you that you, you are in control. If you controlled all of that throughout the Bible so cleverly, you are in control of what's going on out there in the world as well. You have it all in the palm of your hands. Um, I thank you. We, we are safe in you. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Ellie, and thank you, Lord. Does anyone, need, does anyone having pizza this afternoon need some fresh? What's it? Oregano? Oh, oregano, thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, right, we will um, do the... Children's collection, Thomas Burroughs, Polgate Grasshoppers, Star Number Three. Would you like to come and hold, the giraffe, or the tin? the tin? Olivia Kelly, I know you've got some change, so you can come and bring some. Do you want to hold, Amelia? Do you want to hold the giraffe? No, Thomas is on your shoulder today. Is that okay? Thank you very much. And this is money collect, as we know, for uh, Morris, Angela, and Francis, three young people that we support in. Uh, Kibubu in Uganda. I'll also send round through our finance controller, Tony, the the, um, offering. Please do give if you can. We know that a lot of people give through bank transfers, but obviously all the money goes towards the work of the church. Thank you, Thomas. What are you eating? (laughs) Right. Uh, Children, time... Uh, to go out with Justin. I'll pray for you first. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for our children. Thank you that they're here with us. Thank you, Lord, that they uh, committed to get out of bed and be here today to find out more about you. And thank you, Lord, for the words that have already gone to them. Thank you, Lord, for, um, for Justin, for his preparation for their time together today. And Lord, I pray it will be a time of rich blessing and great enrichment to them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right, let's have a break for a few minutes, then we'll come back to some... Thank you, Mandy. We'll come back to some notices and Jeanette. Okay, I think everybody's uh, got their cups of coffee, so that's good. Um, A couple of... Very quick notices, actually a couple of quick notices. Uh, One is just Mm -hmm. a flag from the newsletter, uh, the Monday Night Testimony, which is taking place Monday, tomorrow. And all the login details are on there. Also at King's, um, from the 17th to the 19th of November, is uh, the Mission Worship event. Uh, So if you want to uh, take part in that and that big mission conference, then uh, if you go to missionworship.com, you'll be able to... um, Find out more about that and take part. A um, couple of quick things. Is there lunch today, Sue? There is lunch today. Is it soup today? Soup today. We're back on back on the soup. Yes, I was just about to come to that. So, uh, a Brazilian church is coming in this afternoon. Living Stones, twinned with Rio de Janeiro, um, and they've asked us. They've asked us to leave the chairs out, but please put the tables away. So, at the end, there'll be a little bit less lifting to do. Hooray! Paul, would you be able to come up and tell us about the festive feast?
0: Uh, as as part of the team helping to organise the festive feast, uh, I just uh, want to give a little uh, promotion uh, to it again this morning. Um, it's it's going to be a really great occasion. It's going to be fun. There's going to be uh, some super food, uh, and uh, can I encourage you to 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 come and to invite? Anybody that you know, anybody in any of your circles of friends uh, who would enjoy a nice evening, a super meal, um, cooked by Johnny, uh, and and it really will be a a festive feast. There have been one or two uh, people who have uh, had a little bit of concern about the system of booking. Uh, It's a little bit complex, although if you simply get your phone and point it at that QR code, it pops up on your phone uh, the way to do it and th- there is facility on that web link for any dietary requirements so you can say if you want um, gluten-free or, or um, whatever it may be so that's that's helpful but uh, if you prefer not to go through this system uh, then we are setting up a way where you can buy tickets through the shop uh, till system, the shop which is open uh, from 10 to 12.30 every morning, uh, Monday to Saturday. Uh, so if you come there you can simply pay uh, the, the, the £23 pounds, uh, for the ticket and we will uh, sort that out from there. So do encourage uh, yourselves and all those that you know to come. Uh, we need a, at least 50 to make it a, a, a good occasion. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Paul. Uh, just on QR codes, I think what you have to do is you have to select the camera and then hover over it. Yes, that's right. Cool, just want to make sure. Bill Gates, look out. Rob, Rob knows. Right. Jeanette, would you please come forward and share with us? Let me pray for you first. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jeanette. Thank you for her diligence as she goes through the word, not even line by line, word by word, to bring it to us today. Father, I pray that the words that come from Jeanette today will be spirit-filled, that they'll land on our ears, but more importantly on our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen.
4: All right, I'm recording. Okay, look, I've got to organise two tablets here. I know, so it may or may not work. The word Trinity is not um, found, as we know, in Scripture. And yet, I don't know about you, but even the first few verses we've looked at at 1 Peter, it just yells Trinity the whole time. The um, three persons, the relationship and the interplay that I'd not noticed before until we go word by word through 1 Peter. Um, And I think that's great if you're ever talking to... um, Jehovah Witnesses and the like who don't go with the Trinity. And uh, uh, there's other kind of religions that may acknowledge Jesus but don't go with the triune God. I think you can go to the first few verses in 1 Peter and show very clearly the interplay between the three persons of one God. Now, we're going to start... The the scripture, the verses I've got begins with concerning this salvation. That's not overly clear. So let's go back a couple of verses and start with 1 Peter 1 and we'll start with verse 8 which David, John looked at um, a couple of, was it David? Someone did a couple of weeks back. Anyway, so it's 1 Peter 8 through 12. And he writes, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently And with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. Sentences are very long. Um, (laughs) Actually, that reminds no. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Now Peter introduces two new groups at this point. So we've already got the diaspora, the scattered people who are basically settling around what we would call northern Turkey today. And he's got two new groups now. He's got the prophets. And you were talking, Ellie, in, in the family time about starting early in the scripture and the Lord weaving through. And this is, uh, we've got the prophets here who and the angels who were largely unseen messengers of God. They were seen when necessary, but for the most part, their work is an unseen Uh, activity now the old testaments were mainly men but some women and often we think oh yeah the prophets prophesied the things of God but actually that's not what prophets did in the main the prophets were to live righteous lives they were examples of righteousness and obedience even within the society in which they were living Some of them uttered words from God, and of course we have, you look at the Old Testament, we've got prophets going through, but not all of them. Many just lived their lives as an example of righteousness and obedience to God, irrespective of the society they lived in. I hope that sounds familiar, all right, because that was their call. So a few relayed messages from God, and of course we read that in the Old Testament. So he says, uh, I may even have gone, no, I'm good. Just let me talk to myself, that's fine. It's been a long week. Um, Concerning the salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest of care searched intently the greek is and you know if you pay peanuts you're going to get monkeys here so um, um exetio, and that means to seek out to search to investigate to scrutinize very intentional and then the greatest care Part of me thinks I shouldn't explain this because my fear is 25 minute sermon or whatever, this is the only thing you are going to remember from the whole sermon, all right? This word is whole. <laughs> I'll tell you, I tell you. I did Greek O level, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, and it's only used once in the whole of scripture. And it's a more common usage used for dogs sniffing out um, in, in the open. When they're sniffing for their ball or they're sniffing for their stick or whatever. It's the, it's the um, and determination, the fit. you know, th- they will not give up until they throw f- oh, that one stick that you threw. And that's what um, Peter is saying here these Old Testament prophets were seeking out like a dog seeks after his ball or his bone, looking intently, scrutinizing. This was not a casual read of the scriptures. What were they looking for? What did they discover? Well, Peter tells the reader that the Holy Spirit, see, we've got this triune God again, pointed towards the one figure in whom and through whom God's promises would be brought to fruition. This person would be the Messiah. This person is the one who saves. So through this diligent study of scriptures, the prophets, the priests, the kings, the elders, everyone was meant to look and look towards and narrow and narrow and know who to expect. What did they find? Firstly, that Messiah would come from King David for the of the recording. I'm going to have to give the scripture things. To Samuel 7, 12 to 13. They found he would be born of a virgin, Isaiah 7, 14. He would grow up without grandeur, Isaiah 53.2, and he would live a perfect life, Isaiah 53.9, 1 Samuel 2.35. What else did they find? That the Messiah would free them from captivity, Isaiah 61.1. He would establish justice on earth, Isaiah uh 42 one to four all that would happen to Jesus over a two thousand year period and it's our duty to tell all that did happen. Now I was taking leading a or teaching at a retreat yesterday, all right. And um And this vicar came up to me, and he said, stunning, he said, we are the inheritors of and not the innovators of Scripture. And I was suitably impressed. He said, it's all right, it's not my words, I read it somewhere. And it's like, yeah, but I'm still impressed. We are inheritors of Scripture, something precious to pass on, it is not our job to receive scripture and alter it. We are not there to be innovators and change and move on. We are curators of something precious. You wouldn't go to the Book of Kells in, um, in Trinity, Dublin, and, and look at all the glorious, glorious manuscripts and the colors and get a sharpie and scribble all over it. And that's the same thing with the scripture. We are curators of God's word, inheritors, and not innovators of God's word. So we treasure it and pass on. And we have to preach the whole gospel. And that includes, you see, if we don't preach the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus, we are not preaching the gospel If we only speak of a nice man who wanders around Palestine, loving and accepting everybody, we will merely leave people dead in their sins. We are doing them a disservice. Jesus crucified. The perfect atonement of sin, for sin, is the central act. You will find Christians questioning the atonement. A lot of Christians questioning the atonement. Christ died as an atonement for sin. Any other gospel is not the gospel. So Peter was encouraging people in their faith. All that the prophets longed for, he's telling these people, is founding Christ and you have been granted the faith to believe the truth. Remember, these guys have fled from persecution, fled from the sometimes from their own families if they've remained Orthodox Jew. Some have lost everything. And Peter's encouragement is, you have received this incredible gift. You see, Paul later writes in Romans, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may share in his glory. And then he goes on to tell Timothy, Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus. Peter did not try to encourage the suffering believers with platitudes or the promise of heaven later. It's all right, just hang on for 30 years. Heaven's coming. He encouraged them with the plain gospel. Jesus came, Jesus suffered, he died, And he's ascended to heaven and removed that barrier of separation between God and us. And just as the prophets foretold, Jesus' suffering preceded his glory. And he's encouraging the believers, saying, Your suffering precedes your glory. If we suffer with Christ, we will be glorified with Christ. That's the package. We rather like the glory and not so keen um, on the suffering bit. But Peter's saying, no, be encouraged with this. Endure hardship and suffering, he says, because the longed for Messiah has come. What joy, what relief, what few, but there's more, because Christ will come. So the prophets searched intently for Christ to come. Those who believe in and committed to him and know him know that he has come. And we, because we have the full canon of scripture, know that he will come. And that's what encourages us. But what about the last sentence? <laughs> Even angels long to look on these things. I don't know about you, but I have two very specific episodes in my life that regarding uh, regarding angels, but. Um, I'll just leave it there, but amazing. Um, <laughs> but what are the angels looking into? They long to look into these things. What are the things? You see, these angels have never sinned. They don't need forgiveness. There is nothing that requires atonement for their sin. They don't need a saviour. And during the great rebellion, we know the fallen angels, a third of the angels went with Satan, fell from heaven along with Satan, and scripture says they are in chains waiting for the day of judgment. They will not be offered redemption. They rebelled, but will not be given a second chance. What are these angels looking at? God's compassion on those who rebel. The humans made lower than the angels, and yet given a second chance. That's what the angels are looking on. The angels are looking on and marveling at the creator's compassion and the lengths he has gone to and the lengths he goes to to continue to draw men and women Back to himself. You see, what interests God interests the angels. The angels gain nothing from our salvation, but they rejoice because they see the joy it brings to God. That's amazing, isn't it? They gain nothing personally. But they observe the sheer joy in their king, king's pleasure. They take delight in the king's pleasure, because we have responded to the things of God. So, according to Saint Peter, positive thinking, motivational quotations, comfort food, or completing your bucket list—I don't even have a bucket. Um, will not help during suffering and hardship. What is the greatest consolation Peter offers? The Messiah has come. And that's why we press on. You see, Jesus pressed on, experienced great suffering, despite the fact he was completely innocent. He suffered death to bring us life. So strengthened and encouraged by this truth, we know that Christ will return in power, in majesty, in glory to take us home. Now, you may be looking forward to heaven and a chance to put your feet up and have a rest. Sounds rather pleasant, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's not going to happen, of course, because death and heaven is not your final destination. It's just a lay-by. Sorry, just a lay-by, all right? It's not it. Because when Jesus comes, he comes to judge And the first thing he does is separate the believers from the non-believers. I am hoping every one of us is in the right group here. All right? So we move on from that judgment. Phew, we're okay. And then we are judged. Based on what have we done with the gift of salvation. What have I done with it? Have I invested it well or have I buried it? We will give an account of our lives. We're saved, but we're still accountable. So, heaven is not our permanent home. Heaven is a lay-by because our permanent home is the new heavens and the new earth at Christ's return. So like Peter, we must encourage one another. Christ has come. And Christ will come. So secure in this, we press on. Because we know from Scripture, all God's promises are yes in Christ. Now, he's fulfilled many of God's promises, but there are others still to be fulfilled. So we walk in faith that what he has begun, he will continue. And then when he comes, he ushers in our complete salvation. Body, soul, and spirit. You see, so much of God is now and not yet. You see, I was saved on January the 23rd, 1985. I am being saved by God's ongoing transformational work within me. And I will be fully saved when God returns in glory. I came across this at the beginning of the week, just reading my Bible. It says Isaiah. I have this funny feeling it might not be Isaiah. Anyway, if someone could look it up, that would be grand. But I came, and because I was considering this sermon... It was as though I'd read it for the first time. So I've got Isaiah 26, 9. If someone will look up. I don't know why I don't think it is, but there you go. But your dead will live, Lord. Their bodies will rise. Let those who dwell in the dust wake up and shout for joy. Your Jew is like the Jew of the morning. Look at that. The, it's not. I didn't think it was. If someone can find out what it is, that'll be grand. Um, um, look at that. The earth will give birth to her dead. Isn't that incredible? That is, and the dead will rise in Christ. Ah, oh, you good man. Okay, so it's Isaiah twenty-six nineteen. Well done, you. Well done. But look at it. Christ's physical resurrection will be our physical resurrection. And I love this in Thessalonians. Now, the the Church of Thessalonica was in a bit of a, 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 um, a mess because people had come and said the second coming has already happened. Sorry you're joining on a Sunday morning, but <laughs> Christ has been, Christ has taken what he wants, and Christ has gone. Um, so it's all a bit chaotic. And that's why Paul wrote to the church. And I love this. He says, according to the Lord's word, which is pretty darn good to start off with, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them. It's going to be busy, isn't it? In the clouds... To meet the Lord in the air. That clouds thing is not the clouds we have. That's the clouds of glory. God's glory. Do you remember when he filled the temple when Solomon prayed? And then the the temple was filled with the glory of God. That's That's the clouds we're talking about here. To meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words and that's what we must do the struggles the difficulties that we may be facing we will face let's take on the encouragement Peter offers Christ has come and Christ will come again and therefore we press on therefore we encourage what, come on guys we can do it All right, and that's what we do. We press on with the truth of the gospel Christ died, Christ risen, Christ will come again. Let's pray. Father, it's amazing how we comfort ourselves. (laughs) It's amazing how I comfort myself um, when things get difficult. I certainly don't immediately think of the gospel message as being the comforter. Because it's too easy to snatch at other things. But Lord, this is your word. This is what all the prophets looked for, longed for. And we have the privilege of knowing Jesus came. Jesus fulfilled scripture. And Jesus will come again. But he did not leave us as orphans. His spirit is in us as a seal. A guarantee of our salvation. And of the ability, the grace, to press on however challenging life may be. We lean into Christ We press on in the full knowledge that Christ will come again. And we will live with him forever in a new heaven, in a new earth where there are no tears, no disappointments, no death. Hard to imagine. (laughs) Not even a bad word. So, Father, let us all hold on to this. May our eyes look up and see you seated at the right hand of the Father, always interceding for us. And take encouragement from that and joy inexpressible because of the joy of the Lord. We ask all this in your son's precious name. Amen.
3: Thank you, Jeanette, for that simple, glorious message and a call to press on and persevere. Thank you. Um, Just uh, just as we finish now, there is, as Rob said, there's lunch afterwards. We're going to stay behind a couple of minutes and pray for people. Um, If you would like to be one of those people who is prayed for, um, please also do stay. Um, I promise you, you won't leave without being prayed for. Um, So yeah, the formal part of our service is finished. If you would like to stay for prayer,
4: please do.